You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the Illinois Enquirer podcast, let's get away from Illinois basketball for a moment, shall we? Have a little cooling off period here before the Michigan game um, on Thursday night. Let's talk some football. I set this up last week, and I just think it's great timing to do. Uh, CBS Sports, Tom Fernelli, one of my favorite people in the business, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, and an Illinois guy uh, is going to join us to talk some Illinois football. We chat about what it's like for him, a national college football reporter and writer, to watch Illinois football be relevant and to talk about them as part of his job and not reaching to say, hey, these are my Illini. No, Illinois football was relevant in 2022. Talk to Tom about that, what Brett Bielma has brought to this program and his expectations for Illinois in a wide-open Big Ten West and potentially the last year of the Big Ten West in 2023. Also break down with with Tom, his impressions of Luke Altmeyer, the staff changes for Illinois going into this season, but also what he's expecting from the Big Ten and scheduling format moving forward, because this is likely the last year divisions. They're likely to go to a pod format where three protected rivalries, and we break down how he kind of went about the exercise he did on CBS Sports and how he landed with Illinois' three rivals. We'll talk to him about that and what is next for college football and realignment because boy there's been some news nationally that you might have missed in the Big Ten and here in Illinois but uh, some stuff happened in the ACC and some other conferences that might have an impact on Illinois and the Big Ten down the line so fantastic football conversation with our guy Tom Fernello CBS Sports and the Cover 3 podcast he's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I thought it was time to talk some football on this podcast. Uh, basketball, we've talked it a lot here, but but Tom Fernelli, uh, I know you're a huge Illini fan, uh, being 
from Illinois. Um, not often I can say we need to talk football on this pod, but uh, <laughs> Illinois fans w- with basketball a little frustrated right now. Yeah, I'm one of them. I mean, it's 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 been a difficult team to kind of get you know kind of get a read on. It's different from game to game. It would be nice if they just had a second player who could shoot over thirty percent from three <laughs> yeah. in conference play. That would probably go a long way. But I don't know. It feels like wishful thinking. Yeah, I agree with you. But that's not why we had you on the pod. Uh, Illinois football was good in 2022, relatively, uh, Tom. And and as an Illinois guy, someone who covers the sport so closely. Uh, how would you describe what watching that season was like when Illinois was kind of relevant despite a not-so-great finish? You know, it's it's kind of funny because in this job, pretty much since I started covering the sport full-time for a living, there really haven't been many good Illini football seasons. So there hasn't been much time when I'm working where Illinois was relevant to what I had to do for, for work. So for me this year... Having Illini games that not only mattered as far as the team was concerned, but were important in both the Big Ten because they were in the Big Ten West race for a while. That game against Michigan late in the season where they nearly knocked off the Wolverines. Just having them in the discussion all season long and people actually asking me about Illinois football, which is not something that happens outside of this podcast anywhere else. It was really fun. And it was, it was just interesting and kind of something to adjust to. And it was a happy adjustment. And it's one I hope I have to keep making every season for the next few years. In fact, I hope I have to start talking about Illinois as a playoff team here soon. Yeah. What, what was most memorable for you about this season, Tom? Um, just there wasn't really one specific moment, honestly. I, I think the Michigan game nearly knocking them off and then if you want to you know like like brett did if you want to point to maybe a few calls there late in the game that kind of in fact impacted the out outcome there yeah that's memorable but i just think overall going into a saturday as an illini football fan and not dreading it like not being scared of what the possible outcome could be going into a saturday thinking all right no we we can win this game we should win this game and frankly if we don't win the game i'm going to be a little bit disappointed in this team so having that kind of impact overall it's not really one moment it's just the general feeling i had watching them all year where it's they were competent and it's been a while since we've seen illinois have good players we've seen illinois be good in specific areas that was the most complete competent football team I have seen in the Illini uniform in a long time so just having that go on a weekly basis where it's like man we aren't going to embarrass ourselves we might not win but we can compete with anybody that they're putting on the schedule to face us I was about to ask you what do you think Brett Bielema has brought to the program and I don't think there's a better word than competency right like Mm -hmm. it is not that hard to make bowl games like every other team in the Big Ten outside of maybe Rutgers Indiana and you know, Minnesota's done it here the, the last several years under P.J. Fleck and, and Jerry Kill. Um, so next step with Brett Bielema, what do you think they are capable of long-term here with Brett Bielema as its head coach? Well, it's it's kind of hard to gauge because it's – I don't know what the heck this conference is going to look like, honestly, a few years from now because when you throw USC and UCLA into the mix, it just – it jumbles everything up in a way that it's hard to anticipate because – when Nebraska joined the conference, you looked at Nebraska's history and you thought, oh, man, this is going to be another kind of big dog that's going to be in the way that you have to compete with. And Nebraska has really struggled to adapt to life in the Big Ten. So you look at USC and you think, it's USC. Of course it's going to be good. But we don't know. 
We, we don't know what it's going to be like when the Trojans are having to fly across the country every week to play a game. We don't know what it's like when they might, you know, if they have to adapt the way they play to fit into the Big Ten. You don't know. And then also you just look around at the teams that are in the conference that have been in the conference. Wisconsin going to Luke Fickle. Like, Wisconsin has long been a program throughout, you know, my lifetime that you could kind of count on what it was going to be and what the baseline was going to be. Luke Fickle's a great coach. Luke Fickle is bringing in a style of play that we have not seen Wisconsin run or have success with. So even if it's reasonable to think the Badgers are still going to be good, you don't know because that offense is not what Wisconsin's run. Will that fit with what they recruit to, what they can recruit to, and what they're able to do? You don't know. So that leads – there's a lot of variables in there that are hard to figure out, but I think for me the baseline for what Brett has done in Illinois, and we've already seen the – you know, a quickly a raising of the floor in the program is I think that's just what we're going to be. And it's not just Brett. I think Josh Whitman deserves a lot of credit for what's happened with this program too. I feel like there's more of an alignment in the, in the athletic department than there was for most of my time as an Illini fan. So I think you go into this new footprint and maybe, I mean, the Iowa Wisconsin model is what you try to emulate is what you want to be. Although hopefully with a more exciting offense than what <laughs> Iowa gets, but just, you know, a competent team year in and year out and then every once in a while you cycle up if you've got like a strong senior class you get to a 10 win season you compete for a playoff berth you compete for a big 10 conference title and then, like i said it's going to be much more difficult to do that now when i'm assuming they get rid of divisions so you're going to have to get through ohio state michigan penn state probably usc the wisconsin's of the world if they're still up there if nebraska comes back so it's going to be far more difficult to win the conference i think in the immediate future but i also think that illinois is far more equipped to compete for conference titles than it has been in a very long time i think that's a, a great goal is you know illinois fans always say just get us to bowl games every year we'll be happy I, you know then you start doing that you start making ncaa tournaments and you want to go far in the ncaa tournament right mm -hmm. but I, I think you're right like be competitive and then every once in a while be in the mix in the race for the 12 team college football playoff like if you win 10 games you got a chance to do that tom in the big 10 mm -hmm. yeah like if if you get to november and Illinois is a team that you can't rule out of, like a, whether it's the conference title or the at-large berth. I think you're do, you're doing very very well, and I think I don't think that's that crazy of a goal for this program to have because I do think we've seen the recruiting floor step up. I just think that the baseline for what this program has been has taken a huge step forward in two years under Brett Bielema. That maybe the improvement from you know year, into year three cannot be as drastic as it was from year zero to year one and then to year two. Maybe it's going to be slighter and more, you know, smaller increments. But I don't think that this team has hit the ceiling of what it can be just yet. I think there's plenty of room left to grow. And Tom, one of the most uh, impressive things I saw when Brett Bielma got hired was the people he was able to bring in on his staff. Like it just looked like a staff that I thought Iowa fans would have been happy about. It's a Big Ten staff. Yeah, right. Like it, it just felt like that. What do you think of you know you lose Ryan Walters, you lose Kevin Kane, Corey Patterson to Purdue? What do you feel about what he's done to? to fill out his staff and, and moving forward well first i'm happy for ryan walters i think he deserves to get the shot because he did a fantastic job with the defense here and it, it hurts to lose Corey. it hurts to lose kevin but i think that if you look at brett's track record as a coach from his time at wisconsin to going to arkansas just everywhere he's been as a head coach he's consistently lost assistance to other jobs his guys get promoted they get plucked because he does a good job of building a program and you typically want to go to programs that have done that when you're trying to build your own program 
and he has consistently been able to replace them. And you see with like a lot of the guys that are on his current staff, Aaron Henry stepping up into the D.C. role, Terrence Jameson getting the bump up to the co, Finellis coming in. These are all guys he used to play for him. Like he's got his own coaching tree that he has of guys who can come in, who know exactly what he wants, what the game plan is, and how to implement it. So even though you get that turnover in name and person, the system itself pretty much, especially on the defensive side of the ball, remains the same. Now we've seen some changes to the offensive side of the ball. And to me, Barry Loney, I thought, you know, somewhat limited last year in what he could do because of what Illinois had at the receiver position. But I think schematically, from what I saw from him, what they were doing at UTSA before he came to Illinois and what they're trying to do with that offense, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. And as the talent level of the wide receiver position, which is something I know you've talked about on the show, that mm-hmm. you're pretty big on what they've been able to do, especially in this recruiting class at the receiver spot, I think as the talent there improves, we're going to see even more growth on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that. That's what's going to be the big key for where this team can be. Yeah, and I think there's there should be some optimism going into 2023, Tom, based on the retention of town. I, I know more people want Illinois to rank higher on these transfer rankings, but mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have guys transferring out or, or leaping early to the NFL, um, you get Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, Isaiah Adams, Julian Pearl back. Um, how does that impact your expectations for Illinois of, of 2023? Oh, I think it's huge because they, they do lose a lot. Like yeah. one of the other, one of the other adjustments that I've had to make this spring is because you know I do mock drafts for CBSSports.com, and it's kind of like my side hustle. I, I evaluate dudes for the NFL draft, and this there's been Illini players that I've told people about in recent years, like, hey, I know this guy isn't going to be a first round pick, a second round pick, but this is somebody who can go in the middle rounds that you know maybe you should keep an eye on, like guys like Nate Hobbs. There are guys here, you know, Kirby Joseph. This is the first time I've had people coming to me <laughs> asking me like, well, what can you tell me about this Witherspoon kid? What can you tell me about Sidney Brown? And it's like, well, I'm glad you noticed because I've been noticing it for the last few years. But even losing those guys, the defensive line, getting getting those fellas back, I think is huge because that was the one area I was truly concerned about if they left. I had concerns about the depth that they had up front as far as what was coming behind them too in the current recruiting class. So getting those guys back I think is huge. It gives you a strong baseline. There's going to be some inexperience in the secondary, but honestly, with the current Big Ten, it's awesome to have a great secondary. We saw that firsthand last year. I would rather have a strong defensive front and then let the secondary learn because in the Big Ten right now, like unless you're playing Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, you aren't really facing a ton of great passing attacks at this point. So guys have a chance to figure things out and learn on the job before they truly get tested. Now, that could change. Phil Longo coming to Wisconsin, maybe we're going to see some of that quicker than we think, but I still think Wisconsin is going to be leaning on the run game more than it's going to become an air raid throwing the ball all over kind of team. So I don't think too much is going to change there. They should... I, I would expect defensively they're slow to start, particularly in the secondary, but as the year goes on, and Aaron Henry, I think also too, becomes more accustomed to being the defensive play caller on game days. It's a unit that's probably going to improve as the year goes along. It might not reach the heights it hit last year, but I don't think it's going to fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, and I'm really interested offensively. No Chase Brown, um, but improving talent elsewhere, good offensive line, and then a new quarterback in Luke Altmeyer. What, what do you think of Altmeyer uh, talent-wise, Tom, being able to watch him a little bit in, in the – the time he did at Ole Miss uh, and and how he can fit uh, this offense as it tries to take another step. 
Yeah, I, I think that, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience at the college level. We, I've always been able to see, like, when he was at Ole Miss, a couple games he played, I was able to watch that. But just from people I've talked to who have seen him a lot more, whether it was in camps as a high schooler coming out or just, you know, in practice, I think Illini fans should probably not, you know, don't get crazy, but there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about the kid's talent and what he's able to do. Like, Tommy DeVito was probably the best quarterback Illinois has had since Nathan Shieldhouse. Yep. As good as that is, or as good as DeVito is, he was still limited in a lot of areas where I think Altmaier is an improvement. Like, I think Altmaier is slightly more mobile than Tommy, and I think he's got a stronger arm than Tommy, so he'll be able to push the ball down the vertically with accuracy. But again, I think some of that has to also be adjusted to with receivers. Like, maybe Tommy DeVito's arm looks a lot better down the field if he had receivers who were better equipped to yeah. get down the field last year. So it might not be a fair comparison, but I don't think... I think overall, talent-wise, Altmaier is an improvement over Tommy DeVito, and you get him for three years. So whereas Tommy had to come in, learn the new offense, and try to get things going right away, Altmaier will have time. So maybe even if he's not great in 2023, once he comes back for 2024 and maybe again for 2025, this is an offense that as that young receiver talent comes in and starts to mature and figure things out, we're going to see, I think, steps forward in that in that area of the football, and I think that's huge because I think defensively, every Brett Bielema team is going to be solid. It's going to be fundamental. It might not be elite, but it's going to be good, and it's going to give you a very high floor. It's that offense starts improving, and we're not scoring 22 points a game, but we start scoring 30 points a game or 34 points a game. That's when that whole idea of Illinois playoff contender kind of becomes more of a realistic goal. And Thomas, the last year, probably, of Big Ten divisions, as you mentioned, I want to get into your piece about figuring out how the scheduling is going to happen. But in this West, um, there's, as you said, Wisconsin, I I like Fickle a lot. Um, I Mm -hmm. like what they've added talent-wise, but it always feels like there's going to be growing pains. And we saw last year when Illinois trounced them, they needed a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball. I like Iowa a lot with how much defense it's bringing back, but we know offensively they're a challenge. So who are you buying in this, West? Who are you selling, and, and where do you have Illinois kind of fi- figuring in all of this? It's just as confusing as it was last year. Because yeah. I remember going into last season, I really had no idea who the best team in the division was going to be. I think I picked Wisconsin to finish first, but it was mostly just a, eh, you know. It's Wisconsin. Was, yeah. Why not Wisconsin? It's got a pretty good track record. But, I, I yeah, like Tanner Mordecai, I expect to be Wisconsin's starting quarterback. And Tanner put up really good numbers at SMU. But if you go in and look at the splits and look at how he performed against Power 5 competition, you will not be surprised to learn that he had much better numbers against Group of 5 teams than he did Power 5. He's not coming in as some sort of guy who's going to be one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the Big Ten. He might finish that way with numbers simply because of the offense he's in. But it's not like he's a blue-chip player. So... I do think Wisconsin will still lean on Braylon Allen and the run game and its defense, even if it looks different next year. And I still think that talent-wise, that's a good team. Coaching-wise, they've got a very good coaching staff. So I do not think Wisconsin is going to have the same kind of year it had last year. I expect it to be good. Iowa's Iowa. It's just going to score. Well, it's got to score, what, 25 points a game now? I think (laughs) Brian Ferentz gets fired. It's going to score between 17 and 24 points per game, and it's still going to win most of those games because it is just really difficult to score points against it. Purdue, I don't know. I mean, it's Ryan's first year as a head coach. It's losing Jeff Brom, losing a lot of talent. It's probably going to be somewhat of a transition year. I don't. I think they're still going to be pretty decent. Nebraska, who the heck ever knows what to expect from Nebraska? I think it's, they it's made a coaching. Yeah, it's a coaching upgrade. Yeah. Like we can say. That. Yeah, yeah. For 
Agreed. A very, very <laughs> solid coaching upgrade, both on and off the field. Um, and then Minnesota, I mean, it's like you, you mentioned it earlier, like PJ Flex program is just kind of flying under the radar for program. Like the floor for that team has been raised significantly in reach. So they're not going to be a pushover. Northwestern, I don't have high hopes for. So when I look at the division, I think Northwestern's going to be at the bottom. I don't think it's out of line to think Purdue is going to struggle with a brand new co- head coach and a coach staff, and you know probably new quarterback. And then the other f- five teams, it's like any one of them can win it, including Illinois. And I think it's going to come down to just you know it's it's going to be a few plays and a few games. It's yeah. probably going to end up deciding that division because I don't think any of those five teams are going to be good enough to really pull away from anybody else. So it's going to come down to which team makes the fewer mistakes, and that is so boring. But that's 100% what it's going to be. That's what it was this year. The team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to end up winning the game and going to end up winning the division. And for once, you feel like Illinois can compete in, in that area. Yes. So that keep it close and find out what happens in the fourth quarter. You did, Tom, the tough exercise. Oh. I've been asked to do this so many times, and it's just so difficult because nothing is perfect. In, in separating what these pods are going to look like, because that's most likely what's going to happen with the new scheduling format, um, similar to, I believe, the ACC, what they're doing with the 355, Big Ten go to 366. What was it like going through? What did you learn about doing this exercise um, and and what this means for the conference? Um, it was it was a fun thought experiment because there is no right answer because there is no combination you can come to that makes sense. And that was the one thing. Like I, I published after doing about a thousand different very okay, not a thousand, but I did about ten different variations of what they could be, and the one that I felt was the most quote unquote sensible is the one that I published, but. The whole point of it was, like I said, every single fan base is going to find something they don't like about yeah. this. Because you cannot put USC and UCLA into the Big Ten and give them three quote-unquote rivals and have it make sense. <laughs> them being in the conference doesn't make sense That's to right. begin with unless you are trying to cash the checks from the TV network. So, like, you know, it's you put it out there and it's like you got like Michigan fans saying, well, we would rather have Minnesota than Rutgers. Well, of course you would. <laughs> but... Minnesota's already got it's like if I give you Minnesota and take Rutgers away well who am I going to give Rutgers to and then who what it's like no matter what you do for every domino that you knock over or you move around it changes everything dramatically for everybody else and you also have to keep in mind the reason USC and UCLA are in the conference television television is going to want a say in these games because you know the Big Ten's getting a lot of money from three different networks and they're going to want as many good games to help justify the price that they're paying for these games as possible so you have to keep the tv networks happy you have to keep the schools and the fans happy with their traditional rivals and what they want and you also have to find some competitive balance because while the tv networks would be like hey we want ohio state playing michigan penn state usc every year (laughs) not really fair to ohio state (laughs) to make them play that game so it's it's an impossible tool. I tried to do as best as I could, and I also just tried to, with USC and UCLA, the things I tried to keep in mind were the travel's already nuts. Don't make them travel any further than they absolutely already have to. And then competitive balance. And then the only thing I really did that was just doesn't make sense, but it does make tons of sense in my mind is I made USC's primary rival Michigan State because it's the Trojans versus the Spartans. You get a Trojan horse trophy. It is absolutely perfect. And I figure like that, if you're trying to make them feel at home, giving them a rivalry like that with a rivalry trophy right off the bat, 
bang, you're part of the Big Ten culture because God knows we love rivalry trophies in this conference. We do. We do. Uh, and, and you did a good job with Illinois, I believe. And I think Illinois fans would, would love what you have here. Uh, and I got it on our YouTube channel here. But, um, yeah, like USC – when it comes down, they're still going to play Michigan and Ohio State every two years, mm-hmm. right? twice every four years, right? So you're still going to have those big games. But let's go to Illinois. Uh, I think I've said if you get Northwestern and Purdue, Illinois fans should be happy, even if they get Ohio State or USC or something of that ilk, because those are the two I think you want from both a competitive and a rivalry. Like those are the two biggest rivals, and I think Ryan Walters to Purdue only makes this adds even better, to adds to it. Uh, and then you have UCLA. So how did you come to UCLA, Illinois, and, and what do you think of that? Well, for UCLA, and like I said with USC, my, my goal was to give them as short of a trip as possible. So I wanted to give them some of the Western schools in the conference already, or at least you know what we used to think was West in the Big Ten. And oddly enough, the two teams, if you look at UCLA's history of current Big Ten schools, the two teams they've played the most often from the Big Ten are Nebraska and Illinois. So, I mean, we had fun in that craft fight Hunger Bowl, so why not rekindle the rivalry of the Hunger Bowl and keep it going? So And going to the Rose Bowl every other year, Tom, I would love. So Yeah, and I mean, it's like Illinois is never going to be a program that is going to recruit like deep in California, but getting to go there every other year kind of makes it, you know, you've got an actual chance to get some recruits that you really have no shot at getting now. That's right. Um, so Tom, what, what is next when it comes to realignment? Uh, because it, we got a pause, um, but we thought we had a pause and then USC, UCLA happens, uh, Texas, Oklahoma happens. Uh, and obviously we've seen some ADs in the ACC come out and, you know, really torch their, their current deal. What's going to happen in the PAC 12 with USC and UCLA leaving amazingly the big 12 feels like it's the most stable of those three i I guess but Mm -hmm. for big 10 fans illinois fans like what is next uh for the big 10 in all of this i don't the big 10 i don't see there's i don't see the big 10 doing anything for a couple years like you just signed the new tv deal there's really no immediate impetus to add like if the right schools can like if notre dame called and said we won in the conference Big Ten would probably be like, all right, hold on, let's figure this out. But like even Oregon, Washington, I think that you want somebody else on the West Coast, ideally, to pair with USC, UCLA, to give them a travel partner. But the other thing we got to remember here, too, is the conference doesn't have a commissioner right now. It's hard to you know expand when you don't have anybody in charge of the conference. And I think we're going to need to see some dominoes fall. Like the Pac-12 is on shaky ground. Like They still don't have the TV deal, and that is really the only thing that holds any conference together these days. And from what I'm hearing, I they're going to get a television deal, but it is not going to be anything what they probably would ideally hope for. Like, you know, they, they keep getting connected to like places like Amazon. I think the general popular opinion is that Amazon wants to buy the entire Pac-12 and stream all the games. I don't think that's what Amazon wants at all. I think Amazon wants a Pac-12 game. It doesn't want all the Pac-12 games. And then you mentioned the ACC, like the saber rattling right now with Florida State and Clemson going out there and saying we want a bigger pair or bigger piece of the revenue pie because we actually put more money into football and football is driving the revenue. I said it on Cover 3 today. That, to me, the ACC is a dead conference walking once that happens because there's only two possible outcomes. Either Florida State, Clemson, and Miami and whoever else start getting a bigger cut of the money, which only leads to anger and animosity between all the other schools, which eventually leads to 
the conference dissolving, which we right. saw in the Big 12. Do we not remember what happened when the Big 12 was conceding everything to Texas? Texas A&M and Missouri left for the SEC, and now Texas and Oklahoma have followed them there. Or Florida State and Clemson don't get what they want, and then they get stuck in that conference being unhappy, which they already are, as they watch the, their competitors in the SEC in the Big 10 widen the gap revenue-wise, and they eventually jump ship for the SEC or the Big 10 on their own. So I look at the ACC... It might not look like it is now, but that's a dead conference walking. I feel like the Pac-12 is very much in danger. I think the Big 12 is the most stable, but that's only as long as the Big 10 and the SEC want it to be. And that's really the entire linchpin of all this. Stability is based on what the Big 10 and the SEC want to do. As soon as the Big 10 and the SEC decide they want to expand, it doesn't matter which conference appears stable to us right now. All that matters is which schools they want because they will go and they will get them. They've done it time and time again, and that's the one theme we've seen through conference realignment. When the Big Ten and the SEC expand, they pluck from the other Power Fives. Those other Power Fives are then left having to pick from either each other or the group of five, which just weakens them as the Big Ten and the SEC strengthen. So every no matter what happens, you can never tell what's going to go on in conference realignment. The only thing I think we can count on is it'll be the Big Ten and the SEC winning in the end. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Uh, Tom, before I let you go, I, I do want to ask, since you do the NFL draft stuff, um, Combine is this week, and Illinois has four guys there, four guys who all look like they will be drafted, and a couple of them pretty high. Um, so so what do you think of what these guys need to prove or, or where they'll kind of end up, whether it's Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, Chase Brown? You know, with, with Witherspoon, nobody I have talked to has anything bad to say about him. Yeah. Like, it's it's – everybody gets nitpicked like all these players get nitpicked to death and there will be some because he might not be as long he might not be as fast and that could all happen after the combine but just as far as the way he plays and his production on the field everybody loves him because he's got exactly what you want in a defensive back like short memory all the confidence in the world doesn't care if he makes a mistake he's coming back the next snap and he's going to try to make the play and he'll you know he hits he's not afraid for contact which is something that you really want in a cornerback these days because you got to stop the run too um quan martin is a guy that i think you know depending on how he tests could really improve his stock because people do like him kind of as a free safety you know kind of roaming in the secondary kind of the same similar to what Kirby was doing and we saw how Kirby went in Detroit and how he's done for Detroit I think there's a lot of similarities there I don't I don't know if he's going to be a first or second day pick but I do think he would be like an early third round um Cindy Brown is another guy who I think if you talk to the, the scouts I've talked to kind of had an opinion on him as okay he's 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 not going to be he's not great in coverage he's mostly in box safety but ever since the Senior Bowl, he's kind of opened some eyes. It's like, no, he could do more. It's like he did, wasn't asked to do all this stuff as much at Illinois, but he's got the ability to do it. So I think depending on how he performs at the Combine, he could really open some eyes and improve his draft stock. And Chase Brown, it's always difficult to know with running backs because running backs are just so – they're uh, – in the eyes of most NFL teams, they're mostly a dime a dozen. Like, you look at Bijan Robinson, who is a terrific running back prospect – if he gets taken in the first round, odds are it won't be to the very end of the first round because teams just do not want to use early draft picks on running backs. So for Chase, I think that the biggest questions about him will be how he runs and what he's able to do with the 40 time, and I think that will impact where he gets taken. I would not expect him to go before the third round. I would probably think that I love him. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. 
probably looking at fifth, sixth kind of round yeah. in that, just because he's a running back, not because of his talent. It's a good thing we're talking about this, though. That, that's a sign of a very, oh, it's, it's very so healthy fun. program, right? It's so fun to be able to watch Illinois games and also get like my NFL draft prep done at the same time. But I'm not just watching the Ohio State or whoever they're playing that week. Like I'm watching them. It's just yeah. such a relief. Tom Fernella, CBS Sports, Cover 3 Podcast. are on my podcast downloads. They are fantastic. If you want uh, a bigger swath of college football, they are the guys to listen to. They broke down the ACC challenges right now on this morning's podcast, so go check that out. Tom, appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Jeremy. Great stuff with Tom Fernella, CBS Sports. Kind of a jack-of-all-trades there. Got Illinois Insight, Big Ten, College Football Insight, NFL Draft Insight, what I always appreciate about a guest who has their own podcast, great sound quality. Great mic by Tom Fernelli. So appreciate his time. Hope you guys enjoyed that. A little different topic here, and we're hoping to do that later on in the week because we've got an Illinois women's basketball program who has a big week ahead in the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament show, Selection Sunday, uh, will be coming up here not too long. Uh, so Illinois women's basketball looks pretty solid in there uh, want one more win in the Big Ten tournament because they will be the sixth seed and play either Northwestern or Rutgers two pretty poor teams this year that Illinois has beaten Um, Illinois needs to take care of business there on Thursday but after that I think they should be in pretty good shape moving forward to make the first NCAA tournament in program history since 2003 20 years and for Shauna Green to do it in her first year would be pretty amazing. So we'll hopefully get uh, some Illinois women's basketball coverage put in a request for Sean. So hopefully uh, we can get her on here leading into the postseason if she has any time. But also just want to shout out Illinois baseball. Huge win over the weekend. Series win at Southern Miss. And the one loss they had was an epic 11-inning, uh, 14-13 loss. Their bats look pretty good. And uh, their pitchers looked pretty good as well. Riley Gowans. Jack Wenigan looked really good. Weniger, excuse me, looked really, really good. And then softball, shout out to them. Go four and one over the weekend. Now nine and five on the season. And Sydney Sickles, their ace pitcher, absolute stud <laughs> with what she was doing this weekend. She's been one of the best pitchers in program history, but starting the season off huge with three wins over the weekend. Three wins. She pitched eleven innings and one win. It's it amazes me. Uh, how softball players can do that. I know it's a different motion and all that. Doesn't It's more natural than the over-the-top of the starting pitchers with baseball, but pretty amazing. Uh, she's been a workhorse for them. And Illinois softball to another good start. Tyra Perry has an amazing job as the Illinois softball coach. So shout-out to a couple of those sports uh, who starting up this spring. And, of course, men's golf is underway, and they got really high expectations off to a great start as well. So we'll get more of that on the podcast as we go along as well. But that'll do it for today's podcast. Follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to us there. Hit the like button. That helps us out. You can check out our Tom Fernelli interview, most of our podcast interviews that we do online. We try to put it out there for you guys uh, on the YouTube channel. And it's been great seeing that community grow and, and all the support you guys have given us. But of course, give us a follow, a like, a review, wherever you get your podcasts and check out all the content at IlanaInquire.com. I continued our preview look ahead to the class of 2024 breaking down the targets illinois football is going after uh, a little bit of insight about where illinois stands with some of those prospects as well been going position by position 
Derek Piper just wrote a column uh, based on Illinois' loss in Ohio State, and I have a huge mailbag coming out as well on Tuesday morning. So check all that out at IlliniInquirer.com, and you can go VIP, as always, for just $1 for your first month. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.